Welcome to the Scarlet Faithful Podcast. I'm Aaron Brightman, back with David Anderson doing positional previews for Rutgers football ahead of the 2023 season. Today's episode is on the defensive line. Two uh, obvious strengths of this defensive line are on either edge with Aaron Lewis and Wesley Bailey. David Anderson, what are your thoughts on both of them? Yeah, everyone wants to talk about Aaron Lewis because of not only his play on the field, but his charisma off of it. I mean, he really – people with all of his recent interviews, especially on the Big Ten Network and then at Media Day, you hear all the stats. He was uh, number one, I think, in the Big Ten in quarterback hits. He was top three in hurries, but you didn't see the sacks. Uh, I think a lot of that has to do with either quarterbacks kind of flushed away from him, maybe throwing balls away that they – didn't have to take a sack because they were winning games against Rutgers. So there's a lot of different reasons you would see his physical production for sacks and tackles for loss uh, increase. I mean, I'll be the first to admit I was a little bit overly critical of him when he first arrived at Rutgers. I felt like he got a lot of hype and his motor wasn't what we expected out of high school, but he did all of what we could have possibly expected and more last year with his performance and earning, you know, all big 10 honors and he's getting a number of preseason accolades. I think like that's where you start uh, before we even get to Wesley Bailey, who has not played a lot of uh, that much football, but when he's in a position where he can just either use his speed or power, it's very hard for opposing linemen to block him. He did kind of learn the hard way as the season went on and they faced tougher and tougher offensive tackles but he just feasted on weak competition and the hope with him is that he can raise his level, which would then free up Lewis to make even more plays and, you know, keep, keep offenses from being able to cheat at all towards Lewis's side. Yeah. Uh, with pro football focus, I thought it was interesting, like late into last year, you know, Lewis was uh, very balanced with his grade, both uh, in the past and, and the run game. And, you know, they named him first team all pro football focus for preseason this year. Um, but I think, yeah, his his ability to draw attention. I think last year, part of the problem was when he drew all that attention, no one else was really able to take advantage. And I think that's right. the early on. You're probably going to see teams trying to take him out. And then who's going to be able to step up? And yeah, Bailey, I think, especially in September with that schedule, um, I think he has a great opportunity to play a big role early on. Yeah, I mean, statistically, like you said, uh, when I look back at it, Lewis was in the top five basically in every category that they measured amongst defensive ends, and he was the only one that was when it came to run, pass, even coverage, which is very limited snaps, right? And then right. Bailey was a middle-of-the-pack defensive end, which is pretty good, right, if that's your second guy. So yeah. then the question that we have is, well – more production off the edge will Lewis for example see more stats on the inside especially in obvious passing situations I mean this is the type of thing where you know for our fans who are also Giants fans like Justin Tuck basically just played defensive end and then once it was an obvious passing down especially in the fourth quarter he shifted inside and it made the entire defensive line have another dimension and we have a guy who we might be able to use for that that's coming off of injury if you want to talk about him next yeah, I mean, I think that is kind of the uh, X factor with the defensive line is how are they going to utilize Mo Ture coming back from injury, led Rutgers and Sacks in 2020-2021, obviously was injured all of last year with the torn ACL. Now he comes back, 
You have Deion Jennings and Tyreek Powell pretty much solidified as the two starters. They're only going to probably play that, that you know, two linebacker uh, set with the four defensive linemen and five in the secondary. So I think, yeah, it makes a lot of sense to load up on the edge and have Teray there uh, to be able to, to add to the depth. But also, I mean, he's a legitimate, you know, edge rusher in his own right and has shown he's proven in the past that he can do it. For sure. And then behind them, you know, even if for whatever reason they something happens, one of those guys gets banged up, you do have Renee Conga, Jordan Thompson, and Kenny Fletcher. The reason I mentioned those three is all uh, Conga, if, had he been a qualifier, would have been the 16th ranked defensive end in the Big Ten, which is right around where Bailey was. They're r- roughly about the same place. Now, I would perfectly say, uh, prefer to say Bailey was better because I think he played higher leverage snaps, probably. Yeah. So you obviously take that into consideration, but Conga really, I think, impressed everybody with, I I didn't think he was going to be that fast. I thought he was going to be having to play on the inside, but he did get a lot of reps on the outside. People have had a lot of things, nice things to say about Fletcher, kind of similar to Bailey in that he really was too thin when he first arrived on campus, but he's probably one year behind Bailey in terms of how effective he can be at his current weight. But there's a guy who, if he's if he's pressed into action, it's entirely possible he could see the same production that Bailey did last year. And then Jordan Thompson, like if he's your third string type of guy, like that's a legitimate two deep Big Ten type player. And so you got to feel good, even if they get hit with injuries, that they'll have no problem. Even if they want to rotate ten guys on the line, they that should be fine with what they are bringing to the table at edge. Was there anyone else that you had your eye on? I mean, well, there's I tons of other hard players hard. that could be contributors at that spot. I, I just think Fletcher has a ton of potential. I mean, he had those two sacks at the end of last year. I think he had a tackle in 11 games last year as a true freshman. So I agree with you. You know, he's got to get more consistent as well. But uh, I think it used in the right situations. I think that will be interesting to see is when they, they you know, give him opportunities. I think he could be a, a huge factor. Uh, but, but, yeah, I mean, the depth between – you know, those four guys plus Thompson plus Conga. I mean, that's six. I just think I'm a big believer that for a Big Ten defensive line to be able to be a top half of the Big Ten defensive line, you know, to last that whole season. And we know how Rutgers has traditionally gotten worn down because a lot of times they only have, you know, six guys on the defensive line that can play. I really think there's hope that this year they can go 10 deep. Right. And then the other thing, you know, when we talk competition, competition, competition is that stay hungry. Some of the times what we've seen in the past when Rutgers was not going deep enough was, you know, I'm not saying guys were necessarily taking snaps off, but you can just see a little extra juice when they are able to stay fresh and they know they got to kind of prove it every time they're on the field. Yeah. So, and especially at that position, more than any other position, if, if you lose that edge of your mindset, like you're going to get pushed around and it's not going to be what you need to do. But I, I don't think this team's going to have that problem for all the reasons yeah. you just mentioned. Well, and I, th- I think if you, if you think back to those great defenses under Shiano, you know, 2006 and, you know, uh, even after he left 2012, I mean, guys were flying around all over the place. And that's why I love Fletcher because I feel like he kind of has that same kind of motor. Uh, Bailey does too. Aaron Lewis, obviously, I mean, he's, you know, a little bit more, I, I think he's as a veteran, like, 
you know, he kind of, I think, uh, paces himself a little bit. I don't mean it, that. He's- yeah. It's more like it's controlled. Yes. It's like controlled action. Right. Where Lewis does not have wasted steps. So it doesn't look like he's moving as fast as Bailey might come flying around the edge. Lewis yeah. might be able to do the same distance in two less strides. Yep. That's, That's kind a- of what you're saying. Like efficiency exactly. of his movement. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Very well put. But I think that, uh, yeah, I mean, Rutgers has had trouble generating sacks, generating pressure, uh, you know, stopping running backs, you know, in their tracks, uh, you know, off the edge there. So, yeah, I think it's a huge part of the defensive line and, and the defense overall. And if that those guys we just spoke about can take another step forward, I think obviously it'll be a big factor. So what are your thoughts inside uh, now with the defensive line? Yeah, I mean, we're really talking about five guys that have been talked about in the two deep, right? Or more so four. With Maya Nahanatu, Isaiah Aiton, yep. you have Zaire Angoy, who's more like he's going to get some burn like he did last year, especially in goal line or short yardage situations. But then Keontae Hamilton and uh, Troy Rainey, who had played offensive line two years ago, a couple like in the second half of the season. Those guys have had positive things said about them for the majority of camp. Uh, so what do I think? Well, Ahanatu is kind of the reverse. I think I was higher on him early than most people, but now I'm kind of a little bit more measured. I think he does a good job occupying blocks. But what I want to see with him is can he be a playmaker? There's has not been a lot of plays where he's kind of like blown it up in the backfield in mm-hmm. his career. And Isaiah Iton is an interesting one too, because he brings the same type of size. Like they're both listed between 6'3", 6'4", 290, 300 pounds. But Aiton, majority of his production as a defensive end, and now he's playing inside in the Big Ten versus the SEC. So, I mean, if I, if you look at pictures of him a year ago, he's not nearly as ripped as he, he wasn't nearly as ripped as he is now. But mm-hmm. from a positional standpoint, I'm not sure if there's going to be any sort of learning curve or what, or what they're going to ask him to do. If he's just asked to take on blocks, like he's huge. So (laughs) that's good. Um, But then at the same time, like between Troy Rainey, he might be in the same position. Count Hamilton's put on weight. He's now listed at 295, but he's a little bit more of the guy who we would expect that is a little more agility, has a little more agility in terms of getting inside. Right. I, I've several of our other like podcasters mentioned that when they first saw Keontae Hamilton, they're like, this guy is just going to be unbelievable. Uh, he kind of didn't look that way a year ago, but now with a full season of football and health, uh, he has not wrestled. He didn't wrestle this past year. Right. Maybe we, maybe that's what will cause him to have that leap. So overall, I feel like the floor is fairly high have in uh, a really nothing sparked you know this idea to us last year that these guys are going to be disruptors like you've seen in the past from the greatest of our you know last 25 years being eric foster like there, nobody has shown that but right. they have shown an ability to hold the line occupy blocks and free up the guys behind them so that's one of the reasons why i think maybe in pass rushing situations they might try to sub in one of the edge guys or try to like move thing, move people down the line because we haven't, maybe Iton is the guy. 
maybe he's going to show that explosion out of the middle to collapse the pocket. But hopefully I'm wrong because sometimes on the defensive line, these guys just get stronger every year and we'll see more out of them than we expect. But that's kind of like my general synopsis. I know there's other guys in the mix as well, but like those are the top four that we've kind of been hearing in the two deep plus Angoy, who is just a massive human in short yardage. <laughs> yeah. I, uh, you know, I, one thing I like about defensive line is like I, I love when the leaders of the defense are on the defensive line. And between Aaron Lewis and Maya Nahanatu, you know, I had Maya Nahanatu on the podcast recently and I just yeah. really impressed with him. And, you know, I was thinking back before you even said it, when I was talking to him, I was remembering back to that play against Syracuse when he he made that huge fourth quarter play, forced the fumble, and and like and then you just kind of touched on the need to do that more. Right, exactly. But, yeah, I mean, I think the defense overall, we were talking about this offline. I mean, whatever steps the offense makes, the defense has to be able to take the ball away and generate short yardage opportunities for the offense and just take the ball away from the offense, uh, from the opposing offense. And I think that the defensive line, we haven't had one in a while that's been able to really kind of create havoc up front. So, I think the depth is there, but I, I totally agree with what you just said. Uh, how, you know, what is their ceiling in terms of being disruptive and being kind of, you know, forcing, uh, forcing takeaways? Right. Whether those be sacks on third down, mm-hmm. effectively a turnover, or strip sacks, or Reflection. even just really just forcing the quarterback into bad throws that can ultimately be intercepted. Any of those type of things, never mind if they can put enough fear in the quarterback that they're rushing zone reads and things like that. I mean, that would be even more amazing. But uh, (laughs) I think that's where, like you said, not only do you want your leaders on the defensive line, anyone, any coach anywhere would say, if I could have my best playmakers on the defensive line, that takes so much pressure off the people on the backside to just Mm -hmm. do their job. Great point. Pace that they need to make their plays. So if the defensive line can speed up the offense, then everybody else can kind of play at their proper speed. So that's what I'm hoping for from this defensive line. I I think it would be nice if someone could emerge as like a big time playmaker on the inside, because I'm pretty confident we'll see a couple guys that do it on the perimeter. Yeah. Yeah. Great great points. I, I, I do. I do think Eton is, is intriguing, you know, and he has that relationship with Marquise Watson. He's got legitimate experience, uh, you know, from the SEC and, and Ole Miss. So I think, you know, the fact that he has both up, they, they obviously have a plan, right? They, they know right. how they want to utilize him. Can he execute it? And uh, you would think that, yeah, it, to be able to, to blow things up in the middle uh, would, would be uh, kind of what they're thinking. So um, any final thoughts on the defensive line? I mean, I'm just looking back through my notes. Um, one thing I will mention to the guy you were kind of hyping up, Kenny Fletcher, he actually scored quite well in run defense. So he might be a little further ahead than we think, or the staff just did a really good job of keeping him in manageable situations yeah. that were he, – he was not just being steamrolled by opposing backs. Like So that might have been just as much on the coaching staff. Um Sean Griffin, DJ Allen, they, they only had less than five snaps last year. So I, there might be somebody who comes out we didn't mention 
that could be a difference maker as well. But uh, that those are just kind of the things that I would say, you know, keep an eye out for you know, all uh, the entire depth chart for this position group because we should see some flashes of brilliance. Yeah, if the Rutgers defense is going to take a step forward, I think the defensive line has to be taking a step forward as well. Thank you, for uh, David, once again for your insight and for listening to watching this episode and look out for more positional previews here at the Scarlet Faithful.